As I said earlier, I was reading The Spectator, an interesting piece, The Magic Money Tree, What Can Possibly Go Wrong? The UK government's been kept financially afloat through money printed by the Bank of England. The sums are vast. A deficit of $300 billion this year made possible by £200 billion of quantitative easing. So the bank is facilitating a money circle for the government, printing the money the government wants to spend, then mopping up the debt it leaves behind. This creates an artificial market, keeping borrowing rates deceptively low. But in the article they're asking how long will it last, what happens when the supply of cash is cut off, and how long can you keep getting something for nothing? The magic money tree cannot keep blossoming forever. And I thought it would be good to discuss this in a New Zealand context because we're getting plenty of callers who are asking where all of this money is coming from. And there are some callers who seem to think that we too have a magic money tree where we get the money. Michael Riddell, former Reserve Bank economist, joins me. A very good morning to you. Morning, Kerry. We have had some um, callers who've phoned in and when I've said, well, where, where are we going to get the money from that we've lost through tourism? They said, well, just... Print it. Just get more. Just make it. And is that is that reasonable? I mean, basically, that is a simplistic version of quantitative easing. Where are we getting all of this money from? Well, there's two things. I mean, the, the, the um, wealth loss from um, the reduction in tourism and export education can't easily be replaced. And, I mean, that's a real income, and you can't replace that by printing money or stuff that monetary policy does. But, you know, what monetary policy is designed to do when you get a severe recession is to stimulate demand in the rest of the economy. Um, and so what's happening at the moment is that, of course, government here is running a big deficit as well, um, wage subsidies and all those sorts of things. Yeah. And that is um, being financed in part by the Reserve Bank so-called printing money, uh, but mostly it's actually being financed by the government borrowing on the market. Um, you know, the government is running a bond tender program that goes to market and says we want to borrow um, this many billions of dollars, and by and large, um, market participants are willing to lend to them at pretty low interest rates. Um, the Reserve Bank has you know, got this big bond purchase program out mm-hmm. there that's holding interest rates down a little bit, but it's probably not really making that much difference. Um, so that Spectator article, for example, in the UK context, I thought was overwrought there. It's even it would even be more so in a New Zealand context mm. where government debt is low. Um, you know, it's been among the lowest in the OECD uh, going into this crisis. And on the government's own numbers, at peak in three or four years' time, um, we'd still have um, net debt that is moderately low by um, OECD standards. It is, isn't it? I was looking at that as well. Where I think we're expected to the crown net crown debt was meant to hit. of GDP this year and sit between 19 and 21.5% until 2024. In Italy, um, before the COVID-19 outbreak, it was 134% of GDP. Yeah, I mean, ours go higher than that. On the government's numbers, it goes up to 50% um, in 2024 at the moment. But, but, uh, I mean, you're you're exactly right. And so, you know, in the UK context, um, or the US or Japan, um, the starting levels of debt are just um, hugely high. Um, And there is some risk that at some point, um, you know, the market will um, react pretty adversely. You want to be careful, though, about that because the sort of 
story that Spectator article was running is the same sort of story that was being run in the US 10 years ago where they first started doing QE, quantitative easing, and people said, oh, there's going to be big inflation over the next decade. Well, actually, the problem in the last decade has been surprisingly low inflation. It's been hard to get things, um, inflation rates up to target. And my view remains that that's still the biggest challenge that most countries are facing in the next decade. You know, spending levels are very low. Um, People are now quite nervous. They're wanting to save. Mm -hmm. Uh, That helps to keep interest rates down as well. The big challenge is is getting the demand uh, to get the economy going again. And so in New Zealand, um, we've had a big amount of income support from the government in the last few months with the wage subsidy scheme. But the wage subsidy scheme is being uh, brought to an end in a couple of months' time. Um, Even the extended unemployment benefits only going to last a little bit beyond that. And so we've we've got real challenges, and and it's the same in most of these other countries. Is how do we get the economy um, back to full employment again? It's a challenge for us in particular because of this closed border issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in other countries, it's a challenge because they've still got the virus around. Yeah, so each country has its challenges. I see we are spending more than most other countries per person per capita. Depends how you measure these things. Um, I mean, the, the government has been pretty proactive, and partly it's been able to do that precisely because we started from such low debt. It yeah. hasn't had to worry about those um, constraints. And you know, the opposition has taken a pretty similar view. Um, Todd Muller's speech yesterday said, you know, look, we'd be a bit more cautious than Labor, but we'd still be taking on a lot more debt. Yeah. Um, but mostly that replaces the really big losses of income that we had during sort of April, May. You know, in April, May, GDP was probably down 30 to 40% um, lower than usual. We've replaced that income. But what we haven't done is put in place um, structures that will enable us to get back to full employment. And so most economic commentators now are worrying that we'll see unemployment um, perhaps by early next year up in probably low double digits. Um, that's dreadful. The last, time we, the last time we got unemployment up to a peak, um, it was only about 7%. It took us 10 years to get back down again. Um, and this time, of course, you know, fiscal policy starts easing off. The Reserve Bank has cut interest rates, but not very much. It's very difficult to see what's going to um, get the economy back to full employment quickly. So in my view, particularly in a New Zealand context, we should be more worried about uh, getting that demand stimulus in place, getting us back to full employment, and worry about getting the fiscal accounts back under control a bit down the track. And New Zealand, of course, has had a good record, like Australia, for the last 30 years of you know, running deficits in tough times and then getting back to um, balance or surplus uh, mm. later. And it would be surprising if we couldn't do that again. Our political culture is quite different from that in the US in particular, where the fiscal pro- um, problems are really, really serious. Yeah. I mean, the last time we were in real, real trouble was during the late 80s, early 90s, wasn't it? Yeah, and I mean, we had big deficits during the period of the uh, recession in 08, 09, and then the Christchurch earthquakes on yeah. top of that. You know, that they were the largest deficits that we've ever had um, in the immediate wake there. But you, you're right, the late 80s, we had these um, double downgrades by the credit rating mm. agencies. I remember that. It was a tra- yeah. We took it as a personal insult as a country at the time. Uh, I yeah, think. <laughs> it was almost. And it was sort of, you know, it was partly opportunistic politically. It gave uh, Ruth Richardson and her colleagues the sort 
sort of impetus they needed to um, make the cuts they wanted to make anyway. Um, but, you know, we got on top of things at that point. That episode scarred both sides of politics mm. and mm. both national and Labour governments since then have... You know, we've run into deficits in the late eighty. Sorry, the late nineties. We ran into deficits around the global financial crisis. We're in bigger deficits now. But there's been this sort of shared political commitment that says we want over time to have relatively low and stable debt. And if we've got debt that's going to peak at fifty percent of GDP on the government's measure, less than that if you include all the assets that are in the New Zealand superannuation fund. Mm going through a really difficult crisis, I'm pretty confident that we will be um, able to you know, get back on track in five to ten years' time. But it needs to be that sort of horizon because we need to focus now on getting people back into jobs and you know, stimulating demand. Um, How much of that uh, is a confidence thing, Michael? Well, I mean, confidence tends to, doesn't sort of happen in a vacuum. I mean, people are quite rationally lacking in confidence at the moment because they say, well, you know, the borders are closed pretty much indefinitely. We don't know whether there's going to be a vaccine or a virus. There's a lot of uncertainty. You look at Victoria and you go, gee, it looks like Australia pretty much got on top of the virus and then they've had this outbreak and they've had to lock down Melbourne again. That could happen here. So if you're looking at making spending or investment decisions, you're going to be sitting on the sidelines at the moment. Uh, and so part of what policy can do is, A, get on top of the virus, but B, be providing that stimulation. Uh, one of the big things in a New Zealand context typically has been a low exchange rate. Uh, when we have severe recession, we usually see the exchange rate fall 15 or 20%. This time it's not falling anything at all. Mm. So we're not even getting the boost to our um, the mm. export sectors that are still operating. And it just tends to reinforce that loss of confidence. It says... I'm worried about the external environment and I'm seeing incomes falling. Gee, better batten down the hatches. And that will apply both in the business community and to you and me as households. And even people who've got secure incomes just get affected by that wider environment and they say, gee, I want to be a bit more cautious. I'll put that thing I was planning to do on hold. Uh, A texter has just said in, where does the money come from, though? They say governments are borrowing, but who from? If they're all borrowing... Who are they all borrowing from? Are there enough lenders? You know, because every government yeah. is, is looking for people to... Well, at a big picture macro level, I mean, the thing to remember at the moment is that businesses aren't investing. So there, there isn't the demand for credit that we were seeing in good times. Um, if anything, people are wanting to save. So there's more, there's plenty of money available to lend to governments um, at the moment because the economy is so weak. Central banks are... Adding to that, so our Reserve Bank has um, increased the amount of reserves that banks have by about $20 billion through this crisis. Um, that, that effectively is printing money, for want of a better word. But you know, even if it weren't doing that, the government wouldn't have any problem borrowing precisely because that private sector demand is so weak at the moment. The challenges that will come are when the economy eventually recovers. If the economy eventually recovers and the private sector is wanting to borrow, then it would be in competition with the government. And then either we would see rising interest rates or the pressure would come on governments then to wind back their deficits. And that that latter is what you'd hope to see, is that once the economy is recovering, we don't need the stimulus from fiscal policy again. Mm-hmm. Money itself isn't so much the issue. I mean, your callers are right, your texters are right. Central banks can always print money, but, but printing money doesn't create the prosperity. It sort of 
you know, who pays the bills in the short run. And, and when people are willing to lend to governments at government bond rates that are about half a percent, the interest rate isn't really here nor there. You know, the government's borrowing from the Reserve Bank at um, 0.25%. It could borrow at zero. But, you know, the difference between that and half a percent or 1% is small. It's not like that period back 30 years ago when government bond rates were 10%, um, and it was a huge interest savings um, to be had. The other thing to remember, I guess, for New Zealand is that precisely because we're a lowly indebted country, um, markets are pretty comfortable on lending to us. Um, You know, it's not like we're a small country like Greece or one of those places that A, has had a record of default, um, B, has incredibly high debt. Um, You know, we've got a very good track record for um, prudent fiscal management. Mm -hmm. And that means that markets are much more tolerant of governments going into deficit when they need to because they're confident that they'll um, pull things back um, as the economy eventually improves. Thank you so much for your time. I do appreciate it. Michael Riddell, former Reserve Bank economist, uh, providing an analysis of uh, the government's position, where the money's coming from, how we're going to get back out of this, and basically saying debt's not the problem, it's the high levels of unemployment we need to be concerned about. News Talk ZB 12 to 11.